0: Amen. Thank you, ladies. That is beautiful. What a joy and a privilege it is for me to be back here again at Central Baptist Church. I thank Pastor Andrews for the invitation and the opportunity to come and to preach. and. Uh, you know, Brother Edwards said, if he knew I was here, he would not be here today. And I'm so glad he didn't know. Amen. And uh, what are friends for? Amen. Uh, just to encourage you right before you go to the pulpit. But it is a joy to be here for those who don't know who I am. Uh, my name is Arthur Locker, or a lot of folks know me as Brother Butch. I am the uh, president and executive director of Beams. That stands for Bible Education and Missionary Service. We're out of Faith Baptist Church, Gulfport, Mississippi. Uh, we're one of your missionaries here at the church. We provide whole hardback Bibles to missionaries and national pastors on the foreign fields. We have over 25 languages currently right now at our warehouse, so we're able to send out. We've been able to get Bibles into 150 countries over the last 26 years. God has allowed us to provide over 2 million. Bibles free of charge because of you and your help. And we thank the Lord for that and the lives that are being changed. We invite you to come by and see uh, the ministry there. We're located on Duckworth Road uh, in Gulfport. Come by and see uh, the warehouse and the buildings and also our Biblical Heritage Exhibit. We're there Monday through Friday, uh, most weeks from 8 to 4.30. And so we'd love for you to come by, see what God is doing there. We just had our national conference in February, and uh, we invite you next year, if you're able to, to come down. It'll be the last Monday in February, and we'll start with a fish fry there at the Beams Warehouse, and then we will head to uh, Faith Baptist Church for the evening for the services on Monday and Tuesday. And God is really doing great things. For those that know Brother Ferret and me and Miss Ferret, let me say hi. Uh, for them, they're still uh, being as active as uh, they're able to there in Pennsylvania uh, in helping the Beams Ministry and praying still on the board of directors. And we just love the Frets and thank God for them. If you take your Bibles this morning, go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, sir, so my wife. Wasn't able to be uh, with me. We just got back in last night from Texas from a a conference that we had over there, a Beams conference. And Lord bless, we had 60 boxes there taken, and uh, we had uh, two more meetings set up for conferences. And so we're excited about what God uh, is doing and getting the Word of God out. Someone under 19, as you're turning there, I heard about a visitor. Now, if you're here, a first time visitor, Please don't judge this church's preaching based on this sermon. You need to come back and hear the pastor, okay? And uh, visitors, uh, it is always good to have you here in the services, but you do want to come back and hear the pastor. But I hope this isn't, uh, would be your stating today or your statement after the service. The pastor got up and announced that there will be a meeting of the church board following the service. At the close of the service, the church board gathered at the back of the sanctuary for the announced meeting, but there was a stranger in the midst, in fact, a first-time visitor there to the church. My friend, said the pastor, didn't you understand that this is a meeting of the board? Yes, said the visitor. And after today's sermon, I suppose I'm just about as bored as anyone else that came to this meeting. So I pray that in the next few moments, you will not feel that way. Psalm 119, I want to begin reading of verse 1. If you find your place in able to and willing, would you stand for the reading of God's Word? If you're not able to, we do understand. Psalm 119, verse number 1. The Bible says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way. Who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity, they walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart. When I shall have learned thy righteous judgments, I will keep thy statutes, O oh, forsake me not utterly. Father, we bow before you this morning and I thank you for the privilege to stand behind this sacred desk. Lord, I pray that you be with Pastor Andrews and his families as they're away. God, I ask and pray that you will preach through me today. Lord, many things are running through my mind and my heart, but I only want to preach that which the Holy Spirit would have us to speak. If there's one lost; I pray they'll come to the saving knowledge of Christ. I pray that you'll be with the other services that are going on with the different departments around this facility. I pray your hand be upon them. And, Lord, may you be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I would dare say that probably most of us, if not all of us, would say and agree that America spiritually is in trouble. We would probably say politically we're in trouble just as well, and we see society is really a mess, and it is becoming uh, some places more and more dangerous to not even go outside. In some ways, we look at parts of America, and we think, my, we, we see a third world country. We see... Things that are happening that we've only watched uh, on the news and other places around the world. Many times we may ask and we may have our ideas of what is needed or what has caused this to happen in America. Well, we can debate a lot of things whether we say in the next election we need to do this. And I would probably not disagree with you that uh, we need this direction or this law passed or we need to uh, have this law Uh, taken and we need to fulfill it and we need to enforce this law. But I believe one of the greatest needs that we have in America, not only in America, but in our churches, is we need people of the book. We need people of the Bible. Psalm 119 is a wonderful uh, chapter in the Word of God. As you read through it, it talks about the Bible, and, and it just talks about its richness. It talks about the wonder of it. But we need to be people of the book. I'm privileged to work in a ministry that, uh, that helps provide uh, the missionaries and national pastors to provide Bibles to those that are not able to afford it. Those that only pray and dream about having their own copy of the Scriptures. And yet I live in a country where the Word of God is readily available to so many people. Why we can go on free, most people have smartphones now. Then you can download the the Bible for free on an app. You can have it on your computer. You have it on your iPad. You have it readily available. You can go to the Dollar General that are springing up. Ma'am, they're like kudzu around this part of the country anymore. I mean, my wife and I will be traveling in churches, and we'll be out this dirt road and turn right, and there's a Dollar General. I don't know how they found the place or who even sold them, but there's a Dollar General there. We have the Word of God available in many of those for a rare, very inexpensive. But yet in America and in our churches, and are you a person of the book? Are you truly a person of the Word of God? We say the Bible is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. We quote that. We say that it is a living book. We with the Beams Ministry for many years have said, and I still believe it, that the greatest book in all the world is the Bible. But are you truly a person of the book? You see, the writer here in Psalms, the writer of this Psalms is laying out some things that I believe, three things this morning, we'll see that if you're truly a person of the book, if you're somebody that truly believes the Word of God, there's a lot of people that are critics of the Bible, there are a lot of people that have a Bible, but are you a person of the book? I mean, that Bible is a part of your life, it has become part of your DNA in you, that it just comes out of you, that it is so much a part that you speak, and you may not be quoting Scripture exactly, but the principles and things of the Word of God are exuding out of your life. What I'm seeing, first of all, that we find in this passage of Scripture, if you're a person of the book, uh, if you're a, a people of the book, there will be, first of all this morning, a distinguished walk. A distinguished one. The writer starts off and said, blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Your life is going to be blessed. Now, we have a lot of ideas of what that blessed life is. Uh, A lot of people think today being Americans, uh, being blessed is having a nice home. Uh, That being blessed is having a nice car, a a boat, a motorcycle, whatever it is. You're able to travel. You have health. Uh, Blessed is more than just a feeling, and blessed is more of things. You see, the more you get in the Word of God, you understand that the things of this world uh, are just temporary. And that's not where the real blessings are. To be able to know Jesus Christ and have a home in heaven. To understand that what the Bible says that there's only one way to heaven. And that way was provided by Jesus Christ. As we, we come near next Sunday being Easter. This week being Palm Sunday. And, and I prayed about uh, whether to go in this direction. But God had this message on my heart. And, and what a wonderful Sunday school class we had to stop. And remind us of what Jesus did. Dr. Johnny Pope just preached a message during our Texas conference on Friday night that had the whole auditorium just sitting in hush as we stopped and and wiping tears as we stopped and considered what Jesus Christ went through for our sin. And you know, folks, as we, we study the Bible and as we look in the Bible, we understand that physically a lot of times we look at what Jesus went through the scourging and his beard being pulled out, the the slaps and the buffeting to the place where he was so marred. Isaiah tells us he did not even resemble or look like a human being, just a piece of raw meat that was there. And yet he said not a word. Why? Because he is that lamb that was going to be slain. Why? for our sin but when we think about that physical abuse and we can't even imagine that it just just weighs upon us then to realize that he who knew no sin the perfect son of god became sin for us that god took on human form and became sin we don't understand how wicked sin is. We don't understand how vile it is. We, we think we do, and we see evidence of it around the world, but we truly do not know what it is until we get to heaven. When we truly see the holiness of God and to have that perfected body, then we will really understand the price that was paid so that you and I could have eternal life. We're blessed when we follow the way of the uh, the book. When we are people of the book. When we have a salvation that is based upon the word of God. There's a lot of folks out there today that have religion. Can I say religion won't save you? Religion will send a plane into a building to kill people uh, for their faith. Hey, religion will ask you to do a lot of things now that are contrary to the word of God. But it will not get you to heaven. There's only one. One way to heaven this morning and that's found in jesus christ he said i am the way the truth and life no man cometh unto the father but by me and if you've accepted jesus christ as your personal savior you're blessed you you realize that according to the word of god you have a home in heaven hey this this world my what a mess it is ah, how terrible this place is i'm so glad that i've got a home in heaven Paul said, hey, I'm ready to go. He said, to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. He said, my desire is to be with God. Uh, He said, but God wants me here to be with you because it's more profitable uh, for you. And if that's what God wants, then i rejoice in that. But for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Why? Hey, heaven's waiting for us, folks. You know, every year I have this tragic event that takes place, I get a year older. You say, is it tragic? Well, I used to didn't think so till I hit my 50s. It never bothered me, but now I got in my 50s, and it seems like every day I find out about a new part of my body. Why? Because it just doesn't want to seem to work. I mean, I go to bed, I feel great, and somehow a bus runs over me while I'm in bed. I can't get out of bed. I can hardly move. Some of you are laughing because you say, amen, I was there this morning. You know, I, I used to laugh at Grandpa telling the weather by his knee. Hey, I can help you out with that. I understand what he's doing. Hey, listen, it's coming around and realizing this body is breaking down, but hey, praise God, I realize I've got a new body waiting for me one day in heaven, a glorified body. I'm blessed. People, of the book are blessed. But I want you to realize something else about this distinguished walk. Not only we're blessed, but he said they are undefiled in the way. Undefiled means not defiled, not polluted. Not made uh, to be defiled is to be made dirty or foul or polluted, soil corrupted. What are we saying? If you're truly a person of the book, there's this thing called holiness. We don't hear a lot of that preached today. A lot of the old-time preachers would spend a lot of time preaching on the holiness of God. You see, many folks want to take the moniker of being a Christian. To be a Christian means to be christ-like if we're going to be christ-like if we're going to be people of the book if the word of god is going to be our rule and our guide it is going to distinguish our walk why because we're going to be holy why are we going to be holy we're going to strive for that because jesus is holy and he said be you therefore perfect even as your father which is in heaven is perfect Heading for that maturity. Hey, he is the thrice holy God. You remember those angels crying out, Holy, holy, holy. He is a holy and righteous God. All through Scripture, anytime someone sees God uh, for truly how he is, they fall on their face, realizing just how wicked they are. That holiness. Are you walking holy? Are you striving to be holy? Be holy for I am holy. The Bible tells us, listen, we should have a walk that is holy, that blessed walk. Hey, not only uh, will we have an undefiled walk and a blessed walk, it's a defined path. Do you ever see somebody that had no idea where they were going? They walk into a new place and they don't know where they're going Somebody probably saw me walking around like that this morning at Sunday school. Didn't know where to go. And so uh, I just start walking in churches. You find a lot of interesting things. Found a casket one time. That's a whole other story. Uh, Nobody was in it, we don't think. Um, We couldn't find the key to check. You say, would you have checked? Well, sure I would have. I was curious. But anyways, you walk around, you don't know where you're going. There are a lot of Christians that are people that are saying they're people of the book, but they're walking in their path in their life, and they, you don't know one day they look like Christian, one day they don't, one day they're walking like the world, one day they're reacting like the world, one day they're like uh, walking like Christian. A truly blessed person of the book has a defined path. What did he say? Who walk in the law of the Lord. Hey, you want to know if you should be doing something? You look to the law of God. God will tell you, you're going to walk. And can I say, uh, the more away from this book the world gets, the more defined your path is going to be, the more distinguished uh, you will be from the world. You're going to stand out. The Bible tells us we're a peculiar people. Hey, I want to say too many people want to follow their heart. Hey, the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Hey, when we say hard, when we describe it in our day, we're talking about our emotions. Man, our emotions, you don't want your emotion to lead you. Uh, your, your heart needs to be in tune. Your heart needs to be in accordance with the Word of God. Hey, the Bible is not of private interpretation. I've had some people come to me when I pastored, and, and they would say, well, pastor, what do you uh, think about this? And I would try to give them scripture and lay it out, because I want to be a biblicist. I want to be in line with the Bible. But then they'll say, well, preacher, they'll, they'll say, you know, that sounds good. That's your interpretation. Whoa, wait a second, stop. The Bible didn't come by any private interpretation. This is God's book, and God will tell us uh, what it means, and the Bible interprets itself. Hey, we used to say, Well, I don't understand. I don't see it. Hey, we got to dig deeper, we got to go further. That is not of our own private interpretation. 2 Peter 1 and verse number 20. Hey, that walk, he said, determines. He used the word walk, means an ongoing action. Deuteronomy 8, 6 says, thou, Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and fear him. Verse number 2 about this distinguished walk, we find that he said, Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with a whole heart. What do I see there? I see that this so walk is has desi- defined or distinguished by an aggressive desire to know God. Do you know him more today than what you did yesterday? We use the illustration of, of marriage a lot of times. My wife and I have been married for 33 years. to be 34 years in June. And over that period of time, uh, we had that five-year period, that first five years. And, and I, I told my daughters when they were getting married and when I counseled, I said, listen. You know, everybody talks about the honeymoon and that that first year, and sometimes that's, that, that first year goes real well, but then somewhere in that time frame, that first year, the reality of that person you moved in with settles in. You find out all their bumps and, and warts and everything. You, you find out that you know, they get irritable and their breast stinks in the morning just like yours does and and they have good days and they have bad days and and, and working through that and understanding and, and as a husband, you know, you do things that really upset her and you have no clue what you did. 33 years later, I still have no clue but I know when I've upset her and I did something wrong and she don't have to say a word. Why? Because I... Know her better. We spend a lot of time together. Sometimes I say to her, hey, you're acting like me. She said, well, you won't come around to me, so if you can't beat them, join them. I thought, oh, this is scary. This ain't a good thing. But I said that, why? To know. Hey, his desire, he said, he will seek him with his whole heart. I see somebody here that has a desire to know Christ and to be like him. We have so many half hearted people in the world today, and it's sad we have so many half hearted Christians. Psalm 42, 1 says, As a heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee. Are you thirsting for God? You see, the person of the book will have that distinguished walk. Verse number 6 says, It's an unashamed walk They won't be unashamed, won't be unashamed for God to see your walk. Why? Because you're following the Bible. Hey, have you ever been caught? You know, as a kid you were doing something you weren't supposed to. Your mom and dad caught you. Or maybe you're on a diet and your wife knows you're on a diet and she catches your hand in the cookie jar and you're ashamed that you're eating. Hey, what about living your life and realize that God sees you and knows? You want to have a life that is unashamed before God and before others that are walking for God. Hey, stay in the book. And then you don't have to be ashamed the way that you're living. Oh, the world may want to shame you, but there's a higher authority. Oh, this person not only in this distinguished walk doesn't choose what part of the Bible to follow in verse 6. He said, I have respect unto all thy commandments. All of them. It's not a buffet. I know a lot of us love a buffet. Just go up there and pick and choose what we want. No, no. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable. All thy commandments, the entrance of thy words, giveth light. We need the Scriptures. Not only is it a distinguished walk, a person of the book is distinguished by his walk, but he has a distinguished praise. Verse number 7, I will praise you with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. We live in a day and age in a time where praise and worship is a hot topic in a lot of churches and it's caused a lot of contention, but a lot of it is uh, styles, methods, and way people praise. I, I will say a lot of it is fleshy. A lot of it uh, comes into emotions and is emotional. But I'm not wanting to get in that and I'm not wanting to talk about that emphasis in dealing with the expression of praise. Uh, but I want to look at this idea of, of this praise, and the praise that you have is going to be distinguished. Why? Because he said, I will praise thee with uprightness of heart. You see, that praise needs to be right. That heart needs to be right. You can't be living like the world and then come in on Sunday morning and praise God and God say, oh, I'll accept that praise. See, that praise isn't for the pastor. The praise isn't for the assistant pastor. The praise isn't for the choir director, the person beside you. That praise is to be towards God. And if you're going to have the uprightness of praise, and if your life is going to be pleasing, and your praise is going to be pleasing, it must be pleasing to Him. And if it's not according to the Word, if it's not of uprightness of heart, See, the Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. He told Israel, he said, your sacrifices and that you're bringing in, uh, they, they make him sick. Why? Because their heart was far from him. The way they were living. They had the ritual. They had this on the outside. But a person of the book has a distinguished praise. Why? Because the word of God is permeating in them. You know, we have a lot of people that use praise and a lot of the songs they have modern day. And I'm not saying just because somebody writes a song now, it's not, not a good song. But does it line up with scripture? My, those old hymns, you start reading those old hymns and they'll bring you to your knees. Why? Those folks had a walk with God, and they were filled with Scripture. If you can take Jesus out of the song and put your wife in, and it's a love song to her, I'm sorry, i got a little problem with that. I'm not going to stay on that. I'm going to get off of that. I'm a visiting speaker, and I like to be invited back, so maybe I need to move on. But the Word of God is the determination for praise. if it violates the principles of Scripture... It's not proper praise. If the church is not in line with Scripture, it's not a true church. Oh, listen, we could go on and on with that. We want our praise to be acceptable of God. John 4, 23 through 24. He said, but Jesus said this, there at the woman at the well, but the hour cometh, and now is. She was focusing on the outward form of religion, and we could say praise and all that. And she was focusing on that. But he said, But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship. Why? There's worshipers, but then there's true worshipers. Shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks us to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Not only will a person and what we need is people of the book uh, to have people of the book in our churches and in our lives and for us to be a person of the book, we're going to have a distinguished walk, a distinguished from the world and distinguished from many that claim the name of Christ but are not. We have those uh, that say they are, but there's going to be a distinguished walk about those that are people that are truly people of the book. Their praise, there's going to be something different about their praise and their life. is going to be a praise unto God. But then third and lastly this morning, they have a distinguished determination. A distinguished determination. You see, he said, I am blessed and undefiled in the way of those who who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies, that seek him with a whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Ma'am, this walk we could have spent more time on. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. He said, All that my ways were directed to keep, Thy statutes, then I shall not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. You see, he started to go through these things, and he said, "You know what? I had a determination." He said, "I will keep thy statutes." Why? Because he went back and said the blessed way. Being unashamed and having that right prayer, And because he knew him. Because the more that he kept the law. Because you see the law is God. It is revealing him. Jesus is the word. John 1. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the Bible goes on to say and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Because he knew, and as he learned, he said, I learn and teach me thy statues. He said, I will keep thy statues because he understands the blessings of keeping them. He understands it going through this life without God, hey, it's not the way to do it. Hey, going through this life without God is a life that is being ashamed. Hey, going through this life with God and being in His book is how we're able to face all the things that we see, all that is going on. My, if I was watching the news, uh, and that's all that I knew, and my only hope was in the hope of mankind. I would be moving out west and getting one of them places way out in uh, Montana somewhere, Wyoming. And I would be one of those preppers. I'd have me a house underneath the ground or something, living in a cave. And I'd be amassing all the weapons I could. And, and I'd be having all the canned goods uh, that I could get and acquire around there. And I'd be that crazy guy that, you know, hardly bathed or whatever and was trying to keep everybody out. Why? Because people are crazy. And the world is going nuts, and leadership doesn't seem to have any clue what is going on, and they're serving themselves. And all politicians, no matter what uh, area you're in, or what uh, uh, politics line you want to go, or party you want to say, I'm looking, and we're seeing corruption on every hand, and the world, and it's, it's like, wow, what a mess. But when I look in the book, he said, This know also in the last days perilous times will come. But he said, Behold, I come quickly. Look up for your redemption, doth nigh. He also said that I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He said this in Proverbs. He said, You know what? Hey, some trust in chariots, some trust in all these things, but safety is of the Lord. Hey, I look and wonder about the economy, and they're talking about digital dollars, and this dollar, and this bank, and all that going on. And what are we going to do about the currency? My wife asked me, she said, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to do what we did when we had nothing we first got married, what we do today, what we do every day. I'm going to go back to the Bible where he said, I will supply all your need according to my riches and then I read he owns the cattle on the thousand hills and so he doesn't have to ask anybody for anything because he owns it all he just lets us be stewards of it so I'm going to determine to keep his statutes why because being in the book and learning of the book I've learned that that's the blessed way to live oh it is not as hard as living to self as living according to the book. Blessed, blessed are they that keep his testimonies. We need people of the book. You know, years ago we had a lot of people of the book, and they had an influence. I thank God there are still people of the book. But the Bible says in the last days, falling away. Are you going to be one that falls away? Are you going to be a person of the book? 1 John 5, 3, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And these commandments are not grievous. Proverbs 13, 15, Good understandeth given favor, but the way of the transgressor is hard. Paul could say, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Dr. Raymond Barber wrote this poem. Bring back the Bible. Bring back the Bible, O ye sons of men. Bring back the Bible and begin again. Bring back the Bible, shout it far and wide. Bring back the Bible and wait for the tide. Bring back the Bible, let it be heard. Bring back the Bible, God's holy word. Have you met the God of the Bible? Have you met the God of the book? The one that came and died for your sins. If you don't know him and you were to die today, friend, you would die and go off into eternity, a place called hell, for all eternity. The Bible tells us, and Jesus Himself tells us there in Luke 16, that there's a great golf fix, and those folks are there. There is no paradise, there is no purgatory, there is no in between, there is no second chances. Once we leave this world, our eternity is set. If you know Christ is your personal Savior, are you a person? of the book this is god's love letter to us all oh, that we would be people of the book let's stand with our heads by